much wider than snow. There's power in the blood. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. <laughs> it's so good to be here worshiping with our day. church family today, and especially today because we're going to be doing some baptisms, and it's just so wonderful to be able to celebrate with Mary and Amber at the end of the service mm. their baptism. So thank you so much for being here today. Please look in your handout, your NAS News. Pull out this connection card for me. Hold it up, wave it around. All right, y'all got your connection card. This is just a great way to stay connected. If you have a prayer request, please write that on the back. We would love to be lifting you up in prayer and whatever your concerns are this week. So jot that down, you can let us know. If you want to keep that with just the pastors or if you want others to know about that so they can be praying, you can mark that on there. And also, if this is your very first time of worshiping with us, we would love to have your contact information, and I would love to be in touch with, with you this week. Uh, and anything else that you would like to communicate with the pastoral staff, just put that on, in the, on that card and put that in the, in the offering plate when it comes by. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, also, we have a wonderful children's ministry that is going on right through these doors and down the hall. If uh, you have children here and would like to take them back, um, we have wonderful teachers back there, leaders that love on your kids and teach them the Word of God. We are going to have a logo contest. Now, the, the church of the, our church name was changed several weeks ago. We voted to change it back to Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene. So we need to have a different logo. So if you would like to come up with a digital logo and enter into that contest, that information is in your NAS news. Be sure and take a look at that. Let me know if you have any questions at all. Also today, we're continuing our small group sign up. So our small groups are going to be starting in just a few weeks, and we are so excited about them. And so just right at the back of the sanctuary there is a table. 
with all of the small groups and pictures of our leaders there so you can see what small groups are being offered. And I encourage each and every one of you to sign up for a small group. It lasts until Christmas, so you're not committed for a lifetime. Um, but for about 10 to 12 weeks, you can meet together with a small group once a week, some in their home, some here at church, one at McDonald's, um, and just enjoy life together and dig into the Word together. So I encourage you to all sign up for that. Well, I want to pray right now and ask God's blessing upon our time together, but I would like to also pray over our small group leaders. So I am going to invite all of our small group leaders to just come up and just stand right along in here because we want to pray God's blessing and anointing over you and your groups. Man, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and turn around, squeeze in here so we can get you. That's a good So group those right at there. home can see you, squeeze in toward the center, please, and those at home can see all of you. All right, wonderful. Let's pray together. Mm. Father, we thank you so very much for your presence that's here with us this morning. We thank you, Father, for your prevenient grace that is reaching out to us even before we can acknowledge you as Savior you are coming to us. You are reaching out. You love us. And Father, we just thank you for those, Lord, that respond to that love. And I pray, Father, that each and every one here will respond to that love as you reach out to us. Father, I thank you so much for this church family. I yes, thank God. you, Lord, that we can gather together and yes, celebrate Lord. together um, the sacrament of baptism. Lord, what a privilege that is. And we thank you, Father, for the day that Mary and Amber prayed to receive you. And we thank you for how you work in our hearts and in our lives each and every day. And Father, how we thank you so much for raising up leaders here at WP NAS. We thank you, Jesus, for each and every leader yes, that Lord. is here. Yes, we God. thank you, Lord, that they answered your call because leading a group is a call. And Lord, I just thank you that you have called them and that they have answered and that you have empowered them by your Holy Spirit to lead. And Father, how I pray that you will anoint each and every one of yes, them. God. And Lord, as they Amen. meet with their groups, as they invite others to come and join them, as they open up their homes, I just pray, Father, that you will be at work in powerful ways and may nothing hinder your Holy Spirit from changing yes, lives, Father. Right. We thank you for your transformation. We thank you for working in our hearts. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that each and every one here will sign up for that group, that we can get to know each other better and uh, just form some bonds, Lord, that are knit together by you. And Father, I just pray your blessing upon this time that we're together. I just thank you for each and every one that is here. And Father, I pray for those that might be coming here with a heavy heart, I pray for those, Lord, who have um, suffered loss. I lift up Velma yes, and Jamie to you, and I thank you that they're here. Please, Father, just um, speak to their hearts and bring healing. I pray for others, Lord, who are sick. Lord, touch them and bring healing to them. And, Father, meet us all at our point of need and take us on, Father. Draw us closer and closer to you as we look to you, not our problems, not our situations, but we look to you, Father, for our help. Lord, we love you, and we have come to rejoice in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's
let's continue to worship together. Would you stand with me this morning? Good morning.
Amen. Would you guys turn and say good morning to the people around you? Welcome them here if you haven't seen them before. We're glad you're here this morning. God's house today. And I like that sound. You can have a seat. Unless you'd like to stand during the message today. I'm preaching a little early in the service. They bumped me up in the lineup. I'm going to consider that a promotion. Really good to have all of you here today. You hear me okay? got some serious fellowship going over here. That's good. Don't want to rush that. I'm fresh back from a trip to the great state of Ohio. It's okay. Really appreciate the flexibility that you've given Kelly and I in these six months to get back and check in on our moms. That's what I was doing. And uh, got back in late last night. On my way to Colorado Springs Airport uh, Monday, I passed Brian Elses. Now, I felt a little bit bad that I passed Brian Elses. He's probably thinking, man, that preacher's got a heavy foot. But he caught up to me by the time we got to the Springs. And then I saw him in the airport. And then I realized he's on my flight, and that was kind of fun. So we visited at the gate, flew to Chicago together, and then he went to... Uh, our old stomping grounds, the Washington, D.C. area for the first time. How was that? Busy. Oh, man. Makes you appreciate Woodland Park and the traffic situation up here. I headed to Ohio, and anyway, it was great to see Brian. Uh, when Kelly and I flew back to Pennsylvania here a few weeks ago to help Abby and Jared move back to Kansas City, uh, we took Emmy, my granddaughter, a little uh, souvenir from here. I thought I'd show you that picture. Now, given that picture, I'm not sure what she thought of that uh, Colorado bear. But I know that uh, Kelly and I will take a piece of Colorado with us when we leave here in a few months. And I just want to say thanks again for your kindness to us. If you treat your new pastor half as good as you've treated us, uh, that pastor will be uh, happy. You've uh, really done us right. Thank you for that. Baptism Sunday. That's exciting. Amen? Baptism is a Christian's public testimony of their faith in and commitment to Christ. Doesn't get any better than that. In what we call the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded. Baptism and our coming to saving faith in Christ is just the beginning of a lifelong journey. We've got a lot to learn, amen? If your faith is in and your commitment is to Christ and you haven't been baptized, I'd encourage you to take advantage of the next opportunity you have here at Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene. And looking forward to baptizing two of our sisters today. That's going to be great. So my message this morning is not what I had planned originally. That'll begin next week. But it was inspired on a walk Kelly and I took uh, Labor Day Sunday uh, before we all met up at Golden Bell Camp in Divide for that great service. And by the way, I meant to show these pictures last week. Could you roll those? Just about three seconds a slide, Kylie, of uh, that beautiful chapel up there at Golden Bell. Beautiful worship service. Uh, after that worship service, we had a great lunch in the dining hall and enjoyed some uh, good time around the table. And there was even some fun after it was all. There's uh, uh, the Springstons playing some putt-putt golf. And that putt-putt golf course is tough, let me tell you. But that was a good time. But it was on that morning that Kelly and I uh, took a walk down here before heading up to the camp. And on that walk, we had a conversation about someone we have gotten to know a little bit back home in this past year. And it gave rise to the question that I want to offer this morning. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? These days, we use all kinds of qualifying words. I'm an evangelical Christian, or I'm a charismatic Christian, or I'm a mainliner, or I'm reformed, or I'm Arminian, or whatever it might be. In part because there are so many different kinds of churches. I sat uh, next to a beautiful uh, Mennonite couple on that uh, leg from Denver here to the Springs, and I told them about you, Larry, as a matter of fact. They wanted to change seats, but they didn't let him. We uh, use quite a few qualifying words these days with Christian in part because we seem to have all kinds of ideas as to what being a Christian means, many of which seem to miss the mark. What does it mean to be a Christian? What ties in all us Protestants and Catholics and Orthodox and Baptist and Methodist and Nazarenes? I think it's an important question that needs answered, both for our own sake within the church and for the sake of those with whom we may have opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. What does it mean to be a Christian? There are any number of ways to answer that. I think that opening song provided some great answers. Thank you, Lori. I think we'll get some in the sacrament of baptism today. I actually thought I'd give you first crack at answering that question. It's not going to be a rhetorical one this morning. I'm going to head out with a microphone here in just a few minutes. I'll take five answers. 
If someone were to ask you this week, what does it mean to be a Christian? And you only had 30 seconds to answer. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? While you think about that, I'm going to read the last part of the 26th verse, Acts chapter 11. Luke writes, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. What did that mean then? What does that mean now? Okay, Jeff, I'm going to go out and rove. Something starts squealing. I'll have to head back to the platform. Someone were to ask you this week, Julie Loring, what does it mean to be a Christian? What would you say? Surrendering your heart and life to Christ, accepting the finished work of the cross. Ooh, that's a good answer. It's too bad we started out with something that good because nobody else is going to want to answer now. Okay, going clear back here to Ken. What would you say? A sinner saved by grace. Ooh, that's a good answer too. This sharp crowd. Okay, there's two. I need three more. Someone would ask you this week, what does it mean to be a Christian? 30 seconds or less. To have a passion to be like Christ. Ooh, that is a good one too. To have a passion to be like Christ. I'm going to run over here to Benita. You guys planned this, didn't you? Somebody's going to raise their hand over here. Live your life every day directed by Christ. Ooh, that's good too. That's good. One more. Oh, back there. Okay. A youngin'. I like that. To show the gospel doing God's work. Did you say Christ. to show or to, share? To show. To show the gospel. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's a good answer. Now, I've got a question for you five and everyone else here. I believe all those things are true. How do we know that? We spend a, a lifetime answering the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? But I'd like to share what I consider a few crucial answers that I think capture the heart of Christian faith, and I believe in the answers you've given this morning you have. And I'll begin with the one I'd put at the top of the list. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means believing in an enduring, knowable source of truth outside of ourselves. The source is God, who has revealed Himself, who has spoken to us, who has worked in this world, the written record of which we have in these Scriptures. I'd put that at the top of the list, because if we don't believe that, we'll find that we're all singing off several sheets of music. Indeed, God is still revealing himself, still speaking to us, still at work in the world today. Amen? I'm going to fall back on A.W. Tozier. I love that guy. Uh, 20th Century Christian Missionary Alliance pastor, I think, from his book, The Classic Pursuit of God. Do you have that quote, Kylie? He says, I think a new world will arise out of the religious mist when we approach our Bible with the idea that it is not only a book which was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. The prophets habitually said, Thus saith the Lord. 
they meant their hearers to understand that God's speaking is in the continuous present. His word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Meant to bring uh, my iPhone. I have recently gone from Android to iPhone. Still trying to get used to this. Yeah, good luck is right. Still got half of my stuff on my old Android. But this is really a remarkable uh, thing this this is a library in my pocket it's just crazy right I mean what question have I asked that I couldn't find the answer to on this little quote phone uh, it's amazing now I don't believe everything I read on the internet right but there's an answer to every question that I've ever asked I got to uh, see our oldest daughter, Rebecca, on this trip, on the front end and the back end. She picked me up and got me back to the airport in Columbus. She lives in Westerville there. And uh, we were hanging out uh, on Saturday yesterday before she took me back to the airport, and uh, she had gotten me some Skittles. She knows that I like Skittles and corn nuts. That's what keeps me awake on those drives that I take. And I had some Skittles, and she was telling me that the green Skittles are back to lime. Did you know that? They were green apple for years, which I'm really disappointed. Green apple was my favorite. Uh, I don't like lime so much, but she was thrilled. And that got me to thinking about M&Ms. And I said, Rebecca, did you know that they did away with red M&Ms? And she said, no, they didn't, Dad. There's red M&Ms today. Well, I said, yeah, maybe they're back, but they... They got rid of another. Dad, you're losing it. Well, I Googled it. <laughs> See, you don't have to sit there with your daughter and wonder if you're right. You can know. I Googled it. And the Mars uh, Candy Company did away with red M&Ms in 1976 because of the red dye stuff and brought them back in 1987. That's pretty good, right? I love it when dad's right. But here's the thing. We don't have to sit around and wonder about the important questions of life. We can know the answers. This doesn't have anything on this. Praise be to his name. We can know because God has made that truth known. God has made himself no. And here is the record of that. And the primary means by which God speaks to us today. I hear it all the time. Well, I don't feel like that's right. Or, I don't think you have to do that. Or, well, I believe, and after listening, and we ought to listen, my first response is often, well, how did you arrive at that conclusion? More often than not, I'll hear something like, well, it's just what I believe. Or they'll tell me about their personal experience or what they read somewhere or what they were taught when they were kids. And all of that may contribute to our understanding, but for Christians, 
the Scriptures are our authority. They are what God uses through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us hope, to encourage us, to correct us, to guide us, to shine light on this path we're on together. Peter said it in the first chapter of his first letter, all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the fields. The flowers fall and the grass withers, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That was a good-looking group of small group leaders that came up here, right? I want to be in all their groups. We've been uh, meeting together with them for several weeks now and doing some training and praying together and sharing together. And we've noted that those small group settings are uh, your opportunity to open the Word or a good book that's grounded in the Scriptures and not just hear someone preach like you're doing right now, but interact over the Word and share each other's perspectives and life experiences and, and learn from each other. I've learned so much in those settings from my brothers and sisters that are sharing the journey with me uh, through the years. But we've reminded ourselves that that's not just a time to exchange opinions. That's a time when we're seeking truth and understanding together and we'll always keep coming back to the scriptures and our hope and prayer is that we'll always be hungry for the Word of God and always humbly seeking to understand the truth that he's made known Do you remember when Jesus was brought to Pilate and Pilate questioned Jesus there uh, that day of the cross and Pilate said in John 18 you are a king then said Pilate Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate retorted, what is truth? As if to say, can anyone really know the truth? A Christian believes there is truth that can be known. And by the way, if what I'm saying is true, we better be picking this up and reading and hiding it away in our heart and prayerfully consider what God is saying through it to us. The Christian believes there is truth that can be known, that God has made that known, that truth can set us free. And here's the other big answer to that question. What does it mean to be a Christian? And we believe that in the fullness of time, that truth, that Word of God became flesh. God didn't just speak, He came. God didn't just tell us about Himself, He showed us. That's awesome. Good news, only 98 days till Christmas. Woo! I think I'll ask my daughter for some red M&Ms for Christmas. <laughs> 98 days until Christmas when we remember the cries of a baby in a manger in that little town of Bethlehem. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate de 
deity. I'm talking about Jesus, the Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? Christians believe that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. Christians believe that Jesus is the Son of God. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Christians believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was raised again to life, that the cross made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. Big answer number three, what does it mean to be a Christian? Being a Christian means having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something you don't know about me. One of the hardest things for me in life is to know that someone's mad at me, disappointed with me. Probably goes back to uh, family of origin issues, my childhood. And I'll tell you what, that's a rough thing for a pastor. And I have to uh, do what the Bible says, that if I know a brother or sister has something against me, I lay down my offering, whether it's a sermon or whatever, and I go and settle up. I really, that's one of the worst things for me. But I'll tell you what, it's sweet when you get squared up. It's just like a, a burden is lifted. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even like it when other people are mad at each other. And I love it when they square up. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God and I have squared up. And oh my goodness, I don't have to worry about Him uh, being angry at me or disappointed with me if I'm walking humbly with my God. And when I sin or fall short and miss the mark, and I still do, if I confess that sin, if I... If I own up to how I've fallen short, He is faithful and just and will forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and He'll put His arm around me and we'll just keep on going. I love that. We can have that kind of relationship with God. Relationship is at the heart of Christian faith. I don't know how many Christians get that. Back to A.W. Tozier, a couple more quotes for you. The Bible, just to connect the dots, is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God that they may enter into Him, that they may delight in His presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God Himself in the core and center of their hearts. God is a person, and in the deep of His mighty nature He thinks, wills, enjoys, feels, loves, desires, and suffers as any other person may. In making himself known to us, he stays by the familiar pattern of personality. He communicates with us through the avenues of our minds, our wills, our emotions. The continuous and unembarrassed interchange of love and thought between God and the soul of the redeemed man is the throbbing heart of New Testament religion. That's good. Maybe about this point in the message you're wondering why I'm 
answering the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And why am I emphasizing the answers that I'm emphasizing? And why am I talking so loud? This stirs me. Because I don't think many people today believe there is truth that can be known. Oh my goodness, where does that leave us? And I don't believe there are many people who believe the scriptures are that source of the truth. Even in sanctuaries and worship spaces like this on Sunday mornings. And because the average person seems to think that being a Christian means being nice, that's good. I told you before about my colleague that used to pray, God, make the nice people Christians and the Christian people nice. Because the average person seems to think that being a Christian means living a certain way or not doing certain things. And it certainly includes that. But those aren't the first and primary answers I would give about being a Christian and what it means. It's more than right or wrong. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that you've been bought back. You've been bought with a price. You've been redeemed. And you've been brought back into a relationship with the God that we owe our existence to, in whom we live and move and have our being, who loves us and has pursued us and sent Jesus so that we could have life and have it to the full, who created the whole world, who got this whole thing uh, going and will call it all to an end one day and make everything new forever. That's incredible. I was with someone this past week who was asking questions. I describe him as a seeker. He's not there yet, wondering if it could all be true. And it was a reminder to me of just how passionate I am about wanting that kind of person or us to know about this, this grand story that we're a part of. The greatest only true story ever told. Since we've been here, we've had a couple of people ask us about uh, how to respond to young people and their families who are transitioning or considering transitioning or uh, dealing with same-sex attraction. And you could fill in the blanks there, other issues that are pressing in our culture today. And the more I think and pray about that, the more I'm convinced that where we need to start is not whether that's right or wrong, but, but step back and start with the, the beautiful grand vision God has for this world and us. Look at this world he made. It's awesome. And in the beginning of time when he made it, he said, uh, with his arms around the first man and the first woman, this is yours. And I've made you in my image. I've made you for a noble person person wait in there and do something with this it's just awesome that's where we should start on every issue and we should stand at the foot of the cross and look up into the face of Jesus 
who gave his only life for us so that we could live in this world redeemed and free. I'm going to wind down. A Christian recognizes and revels in the wonder of all of that, of life, of God's creation. Took a walk this morning back here in the mountains looking at these, uh, this, just the, the beauty all around us. And, and here's where I, I need to preach to myself because I'll tell you what, in my walk, I can get so focused on the right and wrong and the issues and all that needs to happen. And, 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 and I think it's so easy for us to just miss the wonder of Christian faith. Are you with me? You tracking with me? Or are you on your, you're not on your phones back there, are you? We recognize our capacity for creativity ourselves. We see beauty. We see the beauty of God's holiness. It leads us to worship and to prayer. Those uh, communication pieces in this relationship we have with God, we recognize the beauty of the life that he's called us to. All my illustrations are from this last week in Ohio. I was sitting with Rebecca, our oldest daughter, and um, her husband left her right at the beginning of COVID. Toughest thing we've ever been through as a family. She uh, works with a local florist, has a flower farm, and uh, sells a beautiful uh, floral arrangements at a farmer's market there in Westerville, and she's uh, covering for Virginia here in a couple of weeks. And we were at that farmer's market Saturday morning, and she said, Dad, when I uh, run this stand, there are, there are husbands that come uh, to get uh, uh, bouquets for their wives, but they say things like, well, I'm not really sure what she likes, but I guess, you know, she wanted me to pick her something up, so this will do, kind of thing. And then she says, then there are husbands that are there with their kids because they're giving their, uh, her, their, their, their wife a break, and, and they say, ah, oh, there's, there's a bouquet that I think she would really like. What do you guys think, kids? You think that? And she could just see the difference. It's a beautiful life that God calls us to. And yes, being a Christian means living in a certain way. It does include right and wrong. And doing what's right is a lot easier when you're doing it in a relationship with God that's helping you and loving you. And when you're recognizing that what is right is good and what's wrong always harms. And if God has said not to do something, then it's for our good that he said it. Amen? As a Christian, do I have to gather with other believers, be a part of the church? As a Christian, do I have a responsibility to the poor? As a Christian, do I have to forgive? The answer, by the way, to all those questions is yes. And they don't have to be have-tos. Big answer number, I don't know what I'm on, six or seven. A Christian will want to know. There will be a desire there to know and do the will of God. 
even if it's tough. A Christian is someone who has been saved from something, from the power of sin and the consequences of sin, from death. We live forever, friends, and from hell. When we get forever what we ask for in this life, and that's separation from God. But not just saved from something, we're saved for something. God has a purpose for your life. You have a reason to get up tomorrow morning. We're saved by grace. I thought back, when I go back to Ohio, all kinds of memories come back to him. I thought about the time. Maybe I told you this story already. I think I'm repeating myself already. That shouldn't happen in six months. I was on the side of an above-ground pool, my... Uh, two uncles and my dad were playing some kind of game where they, you know, try to find the penny in the bottom of the pool. Does this story ring a bell for anyone? Just pretend like it doesn't, that you've never heard it before. And my little brother and I are sitting on the side of the pool, and I didn't know how to swim. I was about four years old, and I went in. And if it weren't for my Uncle Danny, I would have drowned and been dead, and you wouldn't be enduring this message here today. We cannot save ourselves. We're on a free fall. We've fallen in the water and we cannot swim. But Jesus dove in and scooped us up. We're saved by grace through faith. That we all have the capacity to have. That's a gift of God. That if anyone confesses with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that God has raised him from the dead, they will be saved. A Christian has been born again. Jesus used that beautiful imagery in his conversation with Nicodemus that night, John chapter 3. It's like starting all over. I got a clean slate. I'm a baby again with my whole life ahead of me. We've been born again. In fact, we must be. Because it's not just adherence to a creed, and we'll hear that creed today, that captures something of our faith. It's not just a devotion to religious uh, exercises. There's something deeper there. What does it mean to be a Christian? We've gone from death to life, from darkness to light, because of Jesus. And being a Christian means we've decided to follow Him. Well, that's not an exhaustive answer to the question, but it's as good as I could do on the flight to Ohio and the flight back. I should call this my Southwest message. But I do think those answers and the ones you shared and what we hear in the sacrament of baptism today and in the beautiful music we're enjoying gets us beyond what the average person may think, which I often believe falls short. It's quite possible, and here's where I conclude. In fact, it's almost certain that when we are saved, when we came to believe, when we received God's grace, when we invited Jesus into our heart, when we decided to follow Jesus, however you want to describe it, that we didn't understand all that. I was 10 years old. I didn't understand all that. We may have just been convicted of our sin. 
we may have just come to believe in a God who loves us. That was me. I believed as a 10-year-old. I wanted that. The message of the gospel may have just resonated with us, and though we didn't understand it all, we were drawn to Him, drawn to that moment of decision, drawn to that moment of faith. But if that moment of faith, that decision to receive His grace was genuine, and we grow in that grace, and in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus, we will understand, come to understand, why the gospel resonated with us. We will come to recognize our need. We will come to recognize why Christ died. Come to see that our decision to follow Him has implications for a whole lifetime and for eternity. We will come to understand that God wants us to live this life with Him and for Him. So maybe this is a bit of a challenge today. We Christians should come to know what it means to be a Christian and be that. Not only for our own sake, not only for the sake of the strengthening of the church, but for the sake of the world that God so loved that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would just believe. I want us to pray. God, give us understanding. Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts surrendered and open to your work, to the real change you make. God, uh, stir your church right here on this corner, across this community, across this country, and around this world today. Help us, Lord, to be Christians in the truest sense of the word. Growing in your grace and in that intimate experiential knowledge the one who died for us is with us today. Now I pray your blessing on this sacred time of baptism. We rejoice today in the saving faith of Christ. Commit this time to you in Jesus' name. And now we will receive the morning tithes and offerings. It's one thing that, uh, you know, out and about, there's uh, plenty of folks that think the church is just out of, after your money. I forget that about half the time, so not true here. And then we're going to sing, and then we're going to have the sacrament of baptism. <laughs> hey, appreciate your giving. The Lord has blessed us uh, big time, amen? And uh, we give back uh, to him in obedience to his word and in the support of the life and ministry of the church that is the hope of the world. I believe that today. Ushers are coming forward to wait on us for those uh, tithes and offerings. Thank you for your giving and your patience with this pastor.
could be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to calm me out. You would cross an ocean, so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. Let's stand together. Jaira, you are the I 
true when the spirit touches our lives when he comes into our hearts we are never the same again and we have two beautiful women who are going to come forward and testify to the fact that after Jesus comes into your heart you are never the same again you are transformed I'm going to invite Mary and Amber to come forward and just stand right here in front of me It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. Dearly beloved, Christian baptism is a sacrament signifying participation by faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and incorporation into his body, the church. It is a means of grace proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul declared that all who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. We are buried with him through baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. As we have been united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in his resurrection. The Christian faith into which you, you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we all confess now together. Let's all say this together. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose. Hang on to, hang on to get Sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. The Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Will you, Mary and Amber, be baptized into this faith? If so, answer, I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, will you follow him all the days of your life, growing in grace and the love of God and neighbor? If so, answer, I will. Amen. Amen. All right, Amber, you can be seated. Mary, I'm going to ask you to just come up here and turn around. And Mary has just an incredible and beautiful testimony for us to enjoy. Thank you. 
after marrying Mike almost eight years ago, uh, the, more I t the more he talked about the Lord. I'm nervous, okay? The more curious and hungry I became, I, I did most of my thinking on the Lord and it hit me in the summer of 2015 that I <clears throat> wanted Jesus in my life. I wouldn't take communion when, I, when Mike and I went to church. Oh, thank you. <coughs> Excuse me again. Uh, because I wasn't a Christian. Sorry about that. During, uh, during the next week, I prayed about my life, and I came to the conclusion that I wanted Christ in my life. And the next Sunday, I did take communion, and everyone was very surprised that I did because I had not done it for years. Uh, I have thought about my spiritual life and attribute the growth in me to my husband, and to a dear friend, Cindy Sipes. She was... Uh, she, I, I spent hours and hours with Cindy. We walked around and around Manitou Lake just talking about the Lord, her teaching me. Uh, and she handled my questions very well to where I could understand what she was saying. Now, I lost it because I didn't read this. <laughs> she was very patient. Okay. Uh, Mike used the Bible to explain the Christian walk and took the time with me that I could grow in, understand, in my understanding and reach the point that I made my decision for Christ and wanted to be baptized. Christ in my life has come about because I found a wonderful church and wonderful people in this church and, and wonderful friends. I'm happier and my life is more meaning, has more meaning. I am still hungry for more of Jesus and I find it through, and I find it through them. Uh, I realize that compared to some of you, I am just a babe in Christ. <laughs> but don't stop what you're doing with me. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> I want to keep on growing and loving and serving. I want Philippians 4.13 to be my guide. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know I can because he will be with me. I, I know that by his strength, I can become what I hope to be. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you so much.
Mary chose this song she wanted to share with you during her baptism. McNally, you invited Jesus into your heart. You confessed your sins. You asked him to forgive you of your sins, and he did. And you are a child of the God, of God, and he loves you so much. And Mary, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you so much for Mary. We thank you, Jesus, for the day that you received her into everlasting life. We thank you for that day that you forgave her of her sins and that she became brand new. We thank you, Lord, that her heart is to do all things for you because you give her strength. May that be so, Father. Continue to bless Mary in many ways and help her to follow you every day of her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. has a beautiful testimony for us. My name is Amber, and I'm 16 years old. I'm very lucky to be a part of a Christian family. Christ was always the focus in our family. I had great role models in my grandparents. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> grandparents, my aunts and uncles, and my parents. I was taught that Christ is the center of everything in my life. I grew up in the church, and Vacation Bible School was a big part of my upbringing. When I was eight years old, I attended Vacation Bible School here at the Woodland Park Nazarene Church. I committed my life to the Lord and to be a light for Him. The last three years, I have been focusing on my walk with the Lord. I have grown in God's Word and have found my identity in Him. I look forward to seeing what He has in store for my life. I want to be baptized to show I am committed to following Christ. And my favorite verses, Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, 
Let's pray for Amber. Father, we thank you so very much for this beautiful young lady. We thank you, Jesus, for her heart, her heart for you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are her rock, her stronghold. And I pray, Father, that she will know that every day of her life. I thank you so much for that day that she received you into her heart. I thank you for her family that has raised her, that has, keep, that has kept you, Jesus, at the center of their family. And Lord, I just pray that you will protect her, watch over her, and keep her true to the faith. And Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amber, our first Sunday night here in March, and I am very impressed with this young lady. And Amber, it's my privilege today not only to baptize you as one of your pastors, but as your brother and you're my sister. Amber Bethany Smith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. to get her all. We had to get her all. <laughs> Beautiful. Wonderful. Amen. Oh, baptisms excite me. Do they you? It's awesome. Yes. Amen. I'm going to have you all stand with me. We're going to sing a familiar song a cappella together because it's just good a cappella. I think you'll know it. Kylie's going to put the lyrics up for us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the Though none go with me, 
turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen. That's good. Some of us have been singing that song for a long time. When I look back over all the years that I've been singing that song as a testimony to my faith, I can tell you today, the Lord Jesus has never let me down. And if perhaps you're here today and you haven't made that decision, there'd be a bunch of folks around you that would love to pray with you, answer your questions, help you along towards that moment of faith that will change everything. Amen. Praise be to his name. My favorite benediction in doxology, Jude 24. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority, through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great day in the Lord. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Yeah. Fear not, oh. I am with thee. Peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. Though sometimes he leads through waters deep, trials fall across the way. Though sometimes the path seems rough and